Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie, and welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today, we're going to be talking about fear and how to find the courage for your next big step. Our guest today is Jana Flagg. During the next hour, I hope that you will grab your notes, grab your pen or your notepad on your computer and follow along because we are going to talk about the top three practical tips for facing fear, how to acquire and maintain a positive attitude through anything, uh, the best response to hurtful, redundant, or exasperating comments from friend or foe, also the number one fear-inducing and fear-fighting influence and how to tap into it when you need it, and a pretty simple secret tool that disarms fear and increases faith. This is such important information because we are faced with fear, if not every day, many days of our lives. And our guest today, Jana Flegg, is no... Um, she's faced a lot of fear in her life and has overcome and uh, she's a former LA TV on-air news reporter as well as a college professor of broadcasting her world turned upside down really when she got her own cancer diagnosis and she's now an author, speaker, inspirational humorist the author of a book called Fight Fear and Foster Faith she's here today to share with us her strategies that have really been tested and tried in real world, world fearful situations Jenna, welcome to you Oh, thank you, Marnie. I'm excited to be with you today. Well, and I'm so excited to have you here. This is a topic, I would say that I used to be an extremely fearful person, and I still struggle with it a lot. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes going through horrifying situations, and, um, you know, you're going to get to talk about yours here today. I've been through fires and floods and a tornado and a burglary and a lightning strike and all kinds of things. And, you know, when you go through enough stuff, you, you either you either die or else you learn how to get through. And, you know, you have had some circumstances of your own, and maybe just very briefly, um, just share maybe one or two of the most fearful things you've ever faced, Jana, maybe not the most, but just a couple of the big ones. Well, and as you mentioned, you know, fear comes with so many things, you know, job loss or, or but in my case, it was big. It was huge. Uh, I went in for a routine hysterectomy, and, and it was discovered that I had over, stage 3C ovarian cancer and was cut from the pelvic bone all the way up between my ribs and had over 80 staples, and they gave me two to three years to live. I had a rigorous uh, six months of chemotherapy, another big surgery, and uh, you know, and seven years later, I'm praising God. I'm still alive, and I'm and I'm uh, uh, sharing with others what I learned about about fighting the incredible fear. You know, Marnie, greater than the physical challenge, which was terrible, fighting cancer, but greater right. than that was my fight against fear that overwhelmed yeah. me and it robbed me of hope and it threatened to defeat me. So, you know, early on, I had to make a choice. Am I going to let fear uh, do me in, defeat me, or am I going to jump in the ring and 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 fight? Right, and and fear is such a um, 
it can be, of course, in your face where all of a sudden you have, you know, your gut is wrenched and (laughs) you can't breathe, you can't scream, you can't do anything. It can also come on very differently from that, very subtly, very, um, like like you say, you know, you've got the physical things that you're dealing with and, and the fear is more of a background thought sometimes that's just, I, I call it, you know, just working away and just whittling away at the piece that, that was there just a few minutes before. As we go into this, Jana, maybe do you have a favorite Bible verse that just comes to you over and over and over again through the years? Well, you know, it has to be Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that, you know, I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans yeah. to give you hope and a future. Because when I woke up in the hospital, I didn't know then I had cancer. I just knew I was really hurting and something went wrong. And, uh, and my first words, besides, God, I still love you. Uh, I'm alone in the middle of the night waking up in the hospital bed, but I called out to the Lord and said, do you, do you see me? Do you know what I'm going through? Are you gonna, do you know what this is? <laughs> and are you gonna be with me in this? And, you know, and I felt like he said, you know, that, uh, then, you know, it's like he whispered Jeremiah 29 to me, and also said, you will have a been there ministry to help other people, and I thought, well, great, that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm miserable. Uh, you know, I'm hoping, I was hoping it would be something like a muffin ministry or something fun. <laughs> but uh, throughout the years, you know, that is the scripture that, that, because without hope, there is no future. Right. Uh, hope, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Your ministry is, in fact, uh, trademarked as Ben Bear Got the Wig, and you guys can check that out. It's all over at JanaFlag.com, and Flag is spelled F-L-A-I-G.com. Jana, let's go ahead and dive right in here. You've got some great material okay. to cover with us today. First of all, let's talk about the top three practical tips for facing fear. Well, I see it as three, you know, umbrella points. And, and, you know, the first one is to adopt a positive attitude or you could interchange that with you make a choice. You make a choice that you are going to survive, you're going to move forward, you're going to have courage. Secondly, to program our heart, our, our mind, our spirit for victory and not defeat. And then thirdly, to add humor to our, to our life. Okay, I'm just loving all of these. I, I actually have a sister who was um, diagnosed with, uh, state, it was right between stage 3 and stage 4 cancer by the time they found that, and um, these these are hers. <laughs> these are hers too. Uh, exactly. So let's go ahead down from the beginning there. Adopt a positive attitude. You know, they, they have a new phrase, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get it right here because I didn't think of it until just now and I didn't look it up, but it's it's called diagnosis. Um, something where you're given a diagnosis and your mind just latches onto that diagnosis and it's like you don't have any other choice but to be what that diagnosis says of you. And and this is where your first one is, isn't it? It's like you've got to choose how you're going to think about this diagnosis. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, that diagnosis, when you were saying, well, there's a word for it. Well, to me, it's the twilight zone, <laughs> because yeah, as soon yeah, as you hear yeah. that, as soon as I heard that, that word cancer pronounced over me, uh, you know, I, I didn't hear another thing. You know, my I just, you know, blanked out. Um, so, you know, in acquiring and maintaining a positive attitude, you know, there's some ways that we can do that. Some people are just naturally more positive than others, but even when fear attacks them, you know, that's sabotaged. And so one of the things I learned uh, is to hang out with positive people because hope is contagious. 
you know, and to hang mm-hmm. out with people that believe that you will be successful, whether in my case it was surviving or whether it's just having the courage to make that next big step, whatever it is. And so uh, the other side of that coin, besides hanging out with positive people, and I think this is even more important maybe, avoiding negative people, avoiding mm-hmm. negative people whose comments uh, uh, can, can uh, even innocently uh, can plant little seeds of fear that can grow inside of us. And so my tip is you don't walk away from negative people. Run. Okay, we're gonna and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later too. And I know, I, you know, some of some of you listening are like, "That's great," but I'm married to one, so we're gonna talk about that a little <laughs> bit later. About you're not supposed to just run away <laughs> from everybody in your life if they're if they happen to be negative, but um, but definitely the power of a positive word, power of a positive person, the power of someone who's going to believe with you for good things instead of you know, against you, against good in your life. It's just huge. It is huge. And like you said, you know, we can't avoid our negative relatives, especially if you're under the same roof. But you can help, you can counter that by seeking out and trying to spend time with people that uh, will share a positive attitude of courage with you and, you know, that hopefully mm-hmm. to balance that out a little bit. Absolutely. Um, your next one was program for victory versus defeat. And this is so important, even when you've been given a very bad prognosis. You know, it, it really is critical that uh, that our, our um, <clears throat> excuse me, that, you know, it can be a struggle to uh, to ignore negative comments that you've already heard. And what we hear, we tend to repeat. Uh, but we can uh, we can turn that around to a positive by not meditating on those negative thoughts, not repeating those negative thoughts, and then countering those negative thoughts with positive statements and thoughts. For example, in my case with the cancer, when the doctors say, "Oh yeah, you know, you got two years to live because uh, you got a real tough case here," uh, you know, then I would counter it and say, "You know, I am healed in G- by Jesus' stripes." Or even today when people, they're trying to be nice, and they say, oh, you're in remission. I said, no, I'm not in remission. I'm healed. So I don't let those little seeds get planted, uh, you know, in my, in my heart. And so when I say, no, I know it's tough, but I'm going to survive. I trust God. I have faith in God. I'm going to be the best patient I can be. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to fight this, and I'm going to fight fear, and I'm not going to give up. So in that way, I'm listening to my own words and I'm programming my heart and my spirit for victory instead of defeat. In a way, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And I'm thinking about all the different ways that this is needing to be applied in our lives. I think with our, for example, our retail store. When we first bought that, um, it was really bleak. Uh, we bought it, and then the country went into a recession, and mm-hmm. we had debt, 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 and we had all this huge store, and we uh, had had really financial struggles where we thought for three straight years we felt like we were going to have to take it bankrupt because we just didn't see how it could possibly make it. It's still going today, you guys. But during that period of time, people would say to me, so how's it going? And I would at first not know how to answer that because honestly, 
uh-huh. was pretty awful financially. Yeah. The pressure was pretty intense. Yeah. But what uh-huh. I figured out to do was I made this little box, and I put the money in a box in my mind. And so when people would say, oh. how's it going? I'd say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just put the money box over here, and I'm just going to tell you it's going great. We have awesome customers. We have great vendors. The yeah. building project's coming along wonderful. We're really learning so much. We're loving it a lot. And I wouldn't bring the money thing back in. Now, was there ever a time I had to look at the money? Absolutely. I sometimes had to look at the money, but I didn't have to look at the money every minute of every day, Jana. And that's really what we're saying to you, whatever you're facing, whatever you may face in the future, you can choose what you get to look at and you want to program your eyes and your mind to look at the positive, to look at the victory, to look at the things that may come instead of the things that are doomed ahead of you might also happen and to reprogram your mind that way. It's just, it's just so important and maybe when I was saying that, Janet, do you feel why sometimes there's this sense of I'm not being honest with myself if I don't face it, you know, that this is really a challenge for people. Well, and that I think that's a good point, too, because, you know, they could say, well, I'm still out of work, I'm still unemployed, or right. I still haven't gotten that promotion, that next big step. Uh, but instead, uh, focus on, you know, focus on their, you know, their talent and their ability and what they've already accomplished, or, or they're saying, like, I know the economy uh, is not so great and, and jobs are more scarce, but I'm going to keep knocking on doors and I'm going to continue to prepare and, and I'm going to get a job instead of saying, oh, yeah, oh, nobody's hiring. Oh, I, you know, I'm not ready to move out and do that. So it's absolutely, you know, I, the way I put it, you know, as, as programming ourselves, you know, to have a certain mindset. Against we're, again, we're making that choice that I'm going to have the courage to make that next big step. Otherwise, you know, we would be we would be so scared we'd never step out of the box and and go for the promotion or that next move or that next that next big step. Yeah, I love it. And in your last one on this first point here was to add humor. And before you get to this and give us some examples of this, I wanted to just share kind of the opposite of adding humor is, and we're going to talk about this a little later in the hour too is really not letting the negative people and comments and future get get to you, but instead choosing a different entire path. Just saying, I choose a different path. And I remember when my sister got um, diagnosed with cancer, she she really, I think, you know, felt like God told her, you have got to surround yourself with humor. And she sent out an email to everybody she knew, and she said, I want you to, if you hear a funny joke, if you see a cartoon, mm-hmm. if you have a funny video, anything, send it to me. I'm going to have all kinds of time on my hands, and I really want you to send me anything. And people really did, you know, feed her funnel. Oh, that's great. <laughs> the whole time. So for you, how did, how did you actually do it? How do you encourage others to do it? Well, and, and it's a big part of it is what you've already expressed, and that is, uh, to you know, to tune out the negative. You know, like I didn't watch the news. I I didn't watch any movie that was very serious, uh, and certainly not you know that that had sadness in it. And uh, and I watched I watched funny videos and TV uh, videos like Seinfeld or something that's my favorite. You know, I watch funny videos. I love Lucy. Whatever it is, I watch mm-hmm. funny videos every night. And uh, and then when I did feel up to it. Uh, you know, I would, uh, 
you know, actually, you know, go hang out in a toy store or something where you find a lot of lighthearted things. But it was very important, just as you, you expressed with your sister's story, you know, that, uh, you know, that I, I let people know, look, you know, I just want to hear positive, uplifting things, and I just made sure that, uh, that I've, I was laughing every day because a day without laughter was a day wasted. That's so great. Um, I, you guys, you came today, and the title of our program is Find the Courage for Your Next Step. Jenna, let's bring this now together before our first break here. Uh, three practical tips for facing fear. We've been talking a lot about big fears like a cancer diagnosis or a business that might be failing or not having a job or whatever, but the reality is that these steps that you would take to face fear and the big things are the same exact steps you take to face fear when you're trying to take your next step towards something that causes you fear. So let's go back and let's just bring this together for somebody. If you have this new thing that God's putting in your heart or that you feel like you're supposed to go forward and do and you're afraid to step forward, the first thing is to adopt a positive attitude. Now, Jen, let's say that someone's not 100% sure this is what they're supposed to do, but they really feel like this is the direction they've been being supposed to go. What kind of positive attitude could we have right there about that? Well, first and foremost, to you know, to be in prayer about it, and if they're you know if they're convinced that this is what God is directing, God is directing their steps. Uh, that uh, one of my favorite scriptures, it's above my computer in my office, is commit to the Lord whatever, uh, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. And so that again is having a, a mindset that uh, you know that this is going to succeed, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to take the direction of the Lord, and I'm not going to be dissuaded. And I want to address something you said, Marty, about you know all different types of fear, and we had talked about a couple of big serious situations, but you know there's fear of fear of just taking the next step. Fear of criticism, fear of, of failure, although that could be a big one for some people. You know, fear of, fear of the unknown. You know, I don't know what to do, so I don't do anything to take that next step. I don't know what step to take next. So I think part of it is understanding, you know, what your heart is and what your passion is and remembering the why, remembering the why and, uh, and letting God direct your steps. Absolutely. The why is what you're going to be doing in the second point, which was programming for victory. That's your why. You're going to keep on reminding yourself of why you're right. doing this. Why are you right. going for this? And the final thing is to add humor, and you've got to keep on doing that. Keep your eyes off the positive. Keep your eyes on to, or off the negative, onto the positive. Keep your eyes looking for the joy and the delight in life like a small child would. I love the word curious. I'm always so curious what God's going to do next. And it's yes. a playful, childish word uh, like a, a little cat you know curiosity killed the cat is the phrase but the reality is that curiosity also is what makes our life just enjoyable and full of joy and delight so we're going to come right back and talk about how to acquire and maintain that positive attitude through anything and the best response to her full redundant or exasperating comments along the way we'll be right back the fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info that's women's events.info. It's the only directory of its kind and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, eConference Women, and so many others. It's free to search and you can find it all at womensevents.info. 
Welcome back. This is Marty. Our special guest today is Jana Flagg. Her website is JanaFlagg.com, F-L-A-I-G, JanaFlagg.com. She's the author of Fight, Fear, and Foster Faith. We're talking today about finding the courage for your next step. Jana, we were talking before the break about facing fear, just the three practical tips for facing fear. But now we want to move into how to acquire and maintain the positive attitude toward anything. So let's say um, that it isn't a cancer diagnosis. Let's say that you were in a motorcycle accident and your legs were cut off. Um, no amount of fear is going to, or faith is going to bring those legs back unless God chooses to do a miracle for you, which he obviously could. But you're just going to have to go forward now without legs. So let's just use that huge example. And now someone says to you, well, just acquire and maintain a positive <laughs> attitude. <laughs> First of all, tell us why you wouldn't want to say that particular phrase to somebody <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I think part of, you know, facing something that we have absolutely no control over. We don't have control over what happens to us in life many times, but what we can control is how we respond to it. And we respond in either fear or faith, or it could be anger or whatever. And so part of it, for me, was accepting, in fact, as a control freak, as an accomplished person who micromanages everyone in the family, but in a good way, a control freak in a good way, um, that, was, that was actually the worst part of going through mm-hmm. uh, the cancer journey. I was able to put it in one sentence, and that is, I, for the first time, have absolutely no control. So in the scenario you give with losing the legs, you know, I had to come to the place where I said, you know what, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. I have to decide, the only thing I can decide is, what my attitude is, what my approach is. I can decide to have courage or not. It's not going to bring back my health. It's not going to add years to my life or in your scenario you just gave, you know, add, give someone the, le- the legs back. Uh, but, you know, it's about, it's about the choice in, in how we respond to what happens to us in life. And we respond with fear or we respond with faith. Absolutely. I keep thinking about the listener who's just sitting in the house here thinking, but how does this apply to me? I'm trying to start my own business, and you guys are talking about body parts. But the reality is, is it does apply. It applies directly to anything that we have to do that's new to us, that's fearful for us, Yes. That is bigger than something we've ever done before that maybe we don't know how to do that possibly even though we are 100% sure as much as we possibly can be sure we know this is the direction God's calling us. Everybody around us is saying, what are you crazy? And in these times, to, to acquire and to maintain a positive attitude, it's one thing to do it up front and then it's a whole other level of faith to do it midstream, isn't it, when the barrage starts coming <laughs> and the right. failures start piling up and the naysayers, you know, predictions begin to appear and you think, whoa, I don't know if I can keep this positive attitude here because now it seems like it's really not going my direction. In your journey with cancer, Jenna, did you have times like that where it went backwards to such a degree that you nearly lost your faith or that you were tempted to lose your faith there? Absolutely. In fact, I was shocked. I had been a Christian for 30 years and never really had a, you know, serious hardship. And I thought, oh, this is easy. Mm. You know, <laughs> I thought, uh, oh. you know, it doesn't matter what happens to me. It's you and me, Lord, together. 
And that's what shocked me was when when they told me uh, the the seriousness of my situation uh, and the prognosis is that in just an instant, 30 years of faith just chipped away. And then I felt guilty because I thought, oh, right. you know, here I thought I thought I was such a mature, you know, to mature Christian and had it all together. But wow, wow, wow. You know, I guess I had never really been tested before. Uh, and then I had to really just start back at square one. What do I believe? What am I going to believe? And what am I going to hang on to? Yeah, right. And, and you do. And I was, I was listening um, to the Bible in the Old Testament. I was listening the other day. And it was talking about, you know, how when tough times come, it really changes people. And the example that yeah. was given was the sweet little lady who would – the the, the phraseology was that she would not put her feet on your floor. In other words, she was so concerned about other people that she'd never want to make a mess for you, even as far as just putting her feet on your floor. She'd be like, no, 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 that's okay. I don't need to come in. I don't need to mess up your floor. She's so concerned about other people's well-being and and caring for them. She was the one that said that in the toughest times that were coming for the Israelites, that she was going to hide away and eat her own children. So, you know, when we have these responses that are just like, who is this person? person that I've become, I've become this faithless wimp who doesn't believe in God anymore and just has no, you know, just like, how does that come up? And it's okay, you know, God just really recognizes how really fickle and weak we are. And, and I don't, I don't think we have any clue how weak we are until we face (laughs) something like that. And all like you say, 30 years of faith walk, all of a sudden just all like God, like, where did they go? (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, God, what are you doing wrong, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. You know, and I think that the thing that you said right there is the exact right thing to do is when we're faced with that lack of fear or lack of faith, really, we're faced with fear that says God is not God, God's not who he says he is, God's not good, God's not helping, God's not doing his part. Um, When we're faced with all those kinds of feelings, the only choice we have is to come back and to say, what do I really believe? Right. Not how do I feel, not what do my circumstances right. point to right now, but what do I truly believe deep down? And that is where the hope and the faith and the future come, isn't it? Right, right. And without hope, we can't have the courage to take that next big step. Right. Yeah, hope is, hope is so huge. And in fact, in a, in a long journey, in a long journey, it, it's one of the hardest things to have is hope uh, when everybody keeps saying it's impossible or against you. We just had uh, a couple of days ago here, my sister's husband has been sick for three years. Um, he was working on in a hospital as an RN in the infectious disease ward and he got, he contracted a rare virus and he's been sick for three years. Oh. And during that period of time, they've lived in eight different states, moving from house to house and from place to place, um, not really having a home any of this time, just having temporary housing situations. They've been living with us now for months and just yesterday rented their own apartment this is the first wow. time in three years where they've had a place where they're going to be able to say, this is home, mail me something here, I will be here. And we were screaming, we were shouting, we were dancing, we were crying, we yeah. were happy. It's just such a big thing. And through these three years, it's been very difficult at times to have faith because it just looks like it's never going to change that, you know, okay, he's recovering, but so slowly that it may never come back. And 
and we may never, you know, have this back. And they really had no assurance that they would ever have it back. You know, Jenna, I mean, they had mm-hmm. to just have faith in God, not faith in an right. outcome. Yeah. Right. And that's where really the bottom line of the positive attitude comes through is when we have our hand open wide and we say, this is what I want, this is what I believe for, but God, you are God no matter what comes. You're, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Otherwise, faith has a way of of being just creeping in and just always being back in the in the back of your mind, and uh, you know, and it can end up you know destroying you. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is Marnie Sleber. We're visiting today with Jana Flag. She spells her last name S L A I G, and it's JanaFlag dot com. We're going to come right back after break and talk about the best response to hurtful, redundant, or exasperating comments. And if you've ever been there, you know exactly what we're talking about. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. Successfully maximizing the gifts God has given us is the best gift that we can give back to God. Are you 100% clear about why you're here, about how God defines success for you personally? Are you on track with God's plan for your life, the best life on planet Earth followed by the best possible eternity for you? If not, check out the Success Principles Intensive Training course over at Marnie.com. It's a six-hour online program that will change how you define and do your life from today forward. It's a biblical based approach to goal setting and achievement so check it out under the training tab at marnie.com welcome back this is marnie and our guest today jana flag is talking to us about the topic of courage uh, faith fighting fear um She's been there, got the wig, <laughs> and uh, she's here to talk to us about how we can move forward in the face of huge or uh, maybe seemingly hopeless situations. Jana, we're going to talk in this next little bit here about mm-hmm. the responses that we can have to hurtful, redundant, or exasperating comments. I, I want to just start with, I can remember the very first situation in my life where I had these coming at me. I had broken my arm. I was in... The summer of between 6th and 7th grade, I fell off a horse and I broke my arm and I had a cast on. And I don't know how many times I had to say to people, what happened? And I got so, so sick of it so quickly. And (laughs) in your situation with cancer, I know you've been there. Anybody who's ever been pregnant, I know you've been there. And certainly with our businesses, we've been there. Um, You know, people want just asking, asking, asking. It's kind of a tricky situation because you've got the reality of whatever your monster is, whatever your giant is, if you want to say, whatever your big thing is, you've got the reality that is the big thing. And then you've got the reality that you're wanting to choose joy, you're wanting to choose a positive approach, you're wanting to not focus on the negative, and then you have people. (laughs) Jenna, what do we do with the people? (laughs) Well... Well, you know, we we try to avoid the negative. Uh, people that we know are just naysayers, and if you can't do that, you know, I'd love to sometimes just put my fingers in my ears and say, la, 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 la I'm not here, I'm not listening to you, you know, but it still goes in there. And so, you know, some of these people that, whether it's intentional or unintentional, you know, if they don't share our vision, 
you know, they can crush our dream with just a comment. You know, like, well, what do you want to do that for? Or you'll never do, you'll never be good at that. Or, right. you know, simple thing, because it's, because, uh, because positive things are not inside of them, positive things cannot come out of them. So, uh, you know, once we've already heard it, uh, you know, one thing is to, you know, is to not feed on it and not repeat it. And, you know, it's so important because words, uh, are powerful. They not only reflect our attitude, words can shape our attitude. So that's why we don't want to take in those negative thoughts. And, and, you know, and positive speech promotes positive attitude. And I found that accentuating a positive aspect of a situation can actually have beneficial results. And, you know, Marnie, even a child can do that. Uh, I have a quick little example. My eight-year-old granddaughter Zoe went to a donut shop for a treat with her mom. And she was told she could choose one donut. But instead, she picked up a big cupcake and insisted that her mom buy it and made a fuss. And, uh, and the mom told her, well, we're not buying cupcakes today. Oh, and she looked at it and said, and besides, it looks like someone already licked the frosting on this one. Well, guess who? You know, the expression on the eight-year-old's face, you know, gave her, you know, she was busted. And, well, her mom was upset that, that, that she sampled a snack they hadn't yet paid for, and now they have to pay for the damaged cupcake. Well, after being advised that she would not be allowed to eat the cupcake nor any other treat that night, you know, Zoe was pulled from the shop and, you know, said, wait till your father comes home type of thing. Well, at home, Zoe sat in timeout, and she no doubt uh, meditated on her crime while she waited for her father to arrive. And when my, step, when my stepson walked through his front door, uh, she joyfully jumped up to her feet and she said, "Good news, Dad! There's a cupcake for you." Aww. So what she yeah. did was she knocked out her fear with her positive words, and she <laughs> also put a positive spin on it. She put a positive right. spin on the situation instead of yeah. saying, "Oh yeah, I was naughty and I'm going to be punished." Uh, you know, right. so it, it really helped to diffuse the situation with her words. You know, she had all three things going on right there, adopting a positive attitude, programming herself for victory, and adding yep. a little humor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good she job, did. And, she, and you know what? She taught us another lesson, Marty, and that's don't lick the frosting unless you've paid for the cupcake. Right, right. You know, I think that, I think that one of the most difficult things to overcome in a long journey toward freedom over something is words. Uh, even thoughts too and like you said once you hear it it's in right. there and I remember the first time that I really recognized how these thoughts get in there a lady had come over to our home and I was married and she was married and my husband had done something and she made a comment and she hooked the comment to a little kind of a uh, kind of a little um, uh, a, a rhyming thing and mm-hmm. it got in my head that this was such a bad thing. And every time I think about it, I think of that rhyme again because it made it so easy to think about. And it took something that used to be not even noticed by me. I didn't even notice because it didn't bother me before that. To something that <laughs> I felt like I was being offended every time that he did it. And I realized the power of someone else's yes. words because I could yes. see that never even bothered me and now I'm upset each time and so when it's something that's attacking us and and I always say when you're under a lot of stress especially especially this is true in a physical stress situation like a cancer or like a a long-term illness or something like that 
where you're not 100% um, sure you're going to come out of this. It's different when you have a diagnosis of a broken leg and it's all going to be cured six right. weeks from now. That's not the same at all. But the stress that you have when you're, you have a, a harsh diagnosis like that, you don't, it, it, your subconscious mind is busy trying to stay positive and it doesn't have uh-huh. a lot of what I say reserves to handle other people's comments. And it, it makes you more vulnerable than ever to the words of other people. Jenna, when you're facing someone who's saying something to you that you want to do, that little, you know, fingers in the ear, Len, and that, blah, 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 yeah. thing, um, do you have actually a phrase, because this is what I kind of do, I have a phrase in my head that I say in my head right then while they're speaking. Do you have something like that, or how do you actually combat it? Well, if it is, if it happens to be in reference to being a cancer survivor and the comment is, ooh, you know, ovarian cancer, that's a tough one, uh, you know, or they, as I mentioned earlier, you know, they say, oh, so you're in remission. I will actually, I say it in my mind, but I'll actually speak it out to them and say, no, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. You know, this illness will not come back again. And so I counter it with with scripture that uh, that directly you know applies in that situation. So if it's not about cancer, but about something else, like I'm trying to make that next big step, you know, in the speaking ministry, uh, then you know I just I would again counter with scripture. Uh, commit my plans to the Lord, and they will succeed. And about you know calling out to the Lord, but I do that. Uh, that what you had mentioned that 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 I I am conscious of countering it in my own mind, whether I speak it out or not. You know, I just say, no, no, that's not right. I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to right. rebuke that. Right. And I just, I just, for me, if someone is speaking to me, and this includes, this includes even someone uh, like in authority over me, possibly my husband is saying uh, something to me that, that doesn't line up with what I believe God is calling us to uh-huh. do. I don't rebuke him. Instead, I, or in a situation where a rebuke wouldn't be appropriate, I just say right. to my own spirit, I choose to agree with God. I choose to agree with God with you. So then I just let God decide between the two of us, and, and I don't have to defy him. I just have to agree with God, and God can choose between the two what, what, what direction he wants us to go. You know, God's really capable of changing someone else's heart, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> right. But, right. but the other thing is, the other phrase that I'll say, if it's not something like that, I will say just the phrase, I just receive every good and perfect gift from God. I just receive every good and perfect gift from God. And instead of allowing the other person's words to um, play out, we were just in group coaching the afternoon talking about butterfly thoughts and how a little thought can have a huge ripple effect yes. that just goes yes. a long way. And if you instead will capture that thought and replace it with a true thought, a true statement from God that every good and perfect gift is from God, then that other thought does not have the ability to take root, to really gain momentum and to take over your thinking. But if you allow it to, it will, won't it? It sure will. So like you say, you don't give it place. You don't say, oh, welcome. <laughs> Come on in. I'm going to think negatively right. and down, right. you know, and, uh, and, and I'm going to cancel my plans to, to have courage. No, you, you don't do that. <laughs> Instead, you counter it with a positive and you say, yeah, no, I'm going to go forward. I love that. I'm thinking about the person who's listening and saying that's all well and fine, but <laughs> I can't do it in the moment. And I really hear you. And, again, I want to just encourage you that. The bigger the fear that you are facing, the bigger, I'm going to say the bigger the giant that you are facing, the less 
um, reserve you have to fight it with, which is where you fall more deeply into the grace of God. Uh, you don't even count on your own reserve. And, John, that's where you got when you said, I have no control. You right. are no longer <laughs> in a position to choose. You just had to lay on the stretcher or whatever and allow others to care for you and God to use them in whatever way he chose them. You know, it's, it's a terrifying place to be, but you guys, it's, it's really a wonderful place to be. And the more we can apply that level of submission in every area of our life, the more powerful we will be in every area of our life because God's way more powerful than we are at our best moments of control. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it, it. I know it sounds easy when you and I just talk in a few minutes about, right. oh, I'll have an attitude and do this and do that. Right. You know, but but it really does work. And I have to say it's a constant. You know, I have to constantly uh, replace those possible negative fiery darts that the enemy would shoot into my heart uh, and my brain. I have to constantly counter with God's word and, and with the positive thoughts. So I'm not saying it's easy, but if I can do it, Anybody else can do it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not there right now, but I know just for several years, just a few years ago, I would say out loud to people, my full-time job is choosing joy. Of everything yes. I do all day long, that's really what is taking me the most effort, is deciding to choose joy. And, you know, I'm not there right now, and I, I don't think that's where you are right now either, but there are seasons in our life that's exactly where God has us. And you know what? That's okay then. That's where he has us, so that's where we need to be right in that moment. That's right. And back to what we said at the start, and that is that, you know, we choose to find the courage for the next big step. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Janet Flagg. We're going to take one last break here and come back and talk about fear, the fear-inducing influence and the number one fear-fighting influence and how to tap into that whenever you need it. And also, Janice, free, simple tool to disarm fear and increase faith. We'll be right back. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and our guest today, Jana Flagg, is one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. I hope you'll check that out. Uh, Jana spells your last name, F-L-A-I-G, JanaFlagg.com, and womenspeakers.com. Jana's here talking about courage for your next step, and right now we are going to talk about the number one fear-inducing influence. Jana, what do you say that is? Well, we've touched upon it a little bit, and it's our own words play such an important role in fighting fear, and what we say is so important, uh, because the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who say they can rise above their circumstance and go for that next big step, and those who say, oh, I can't, or I'm not ready, or I can't, you know what? They're both right, because words are like uh, containers. You know, they convey either fear or faith, and they can uh, produce after their own kind, so to speak. So I look at it as, you know, fear is the reverse of faith. So I think of it this way, like a prize fighter in training, 
that my own words program myself for victory or defeat is kind of like that self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. So you would say that the number one fear-inducing influence is what? Words. Words, whether it comes from whether it comes from the outside, from other people, whether they are intentionally sabotaging your uh, your plans or your efforts or your dreams or your vision, your mission, uh, or if it's just uh, unintentional uh, that they you know it's awkward and they don't know what to say, but it, it's unintentional. And then our own words. So you know, words can uh, you know words can destroy us by 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 manufacturing fear, promoting fear, uh, just like our positive words and meditating on God's word can foster and promote faith. Absolutely. Just just earlier again in group coaching, somebody was asking about um, the challenge of having a thought come back, a forgiven thought. So you've forgiven something that's happened to you in the past, but the offense keeps coming back to mind. And we were talking about how the thought itself isn't the problem. The feeling isn't the problem. It's what you do with it. That's where your responsibility comes in. You can't help it that that person did that to you in the past. Right. That's just a fact of your history at this point. But what you do with it, what words you assign to it, like when it comes back up again as, um, as an emotion or as a thought, what are you assigning to it? Are you assigning positive thank you for healing me from that god thank you bless them or are you assigning yes that was horrible that was terrible you know what are you doing with those thoughts and and i agree with you that it just it um you are you're either going if you envision yourself lighting a little match with that thought let's say you don't even light the match the match is lit, and <laughs> you just are holding it now. And you didn't, you didn't light it, but it's now lit in your hand. Now, you can let that match burn down until it gets to your you know, fingers and starts burning your hand, but more likely you're going to do one of two things. You're going to either blow it out, which is what you do with positive input, or you're going to throw some gasoline on it. It's going to make things ever so much worse, and it's really your choice in that moment. The choice didn't start before the thought. The choice started after the thought. And, of course, there were choices maybe that went into thought in the first place, but we're, we're talking about the time when the thought comes at this point. You are either going to increase your fear or right. melt it away, basically, by your choices in those moments. When, when you were going through um, cancer, and even now when you're facing fear, uh, Jenna, do you have a routine Uh, a routine for fighting fear? Uh-huh. Like something that's kind of more of second nature now that you almost don't even know you do it, but you always do the same thing? Well, I think I'm I'm so much quicker. To, uh, you know, my uh, the mm-hmm. gift of the hardship I went through and, and the gift of so many hardships and challenges that we face in life is true in my case, and that is that it's a, it's a closer walk with the Lord. And so I am quicker to call on the Lord. I'm quicker to say, mm-hmm. you know, in the case of fear, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I find that I don't give place to that fear. Uh, I may not have control over the situation, as you touched upon, but I am, uh, it's an automatic response. Even when I dream while I sleep, I'm delighted when I wake up, that even in my dream, if I were attacked by fear, that I say, that I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, 
and then I wake up and I go yippee, you know. So <laughs> I'm happy that it's become, you know, it's I've got a closer walk with the Lord. It's 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 a more of an automatic knee jerk reaction or response to just counter that fear. You know, I, I picture it like you know Wonder Woman in her wonderful costume, and uh, the the uh, DC comic. Uh, heroine, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, and she's got those bracelets that are on her wrist. And when people are firing bullets or shooting arrows at her or throwing rocks right. at her, she, she lifts up, her right? wrist up. Yeah, she lifts her arms up uh, in a defensive uh, position, and those bullets just bounce off of those uh, of those mm-hmm. wrist bracelets. And so visually, in my mind, when uh, you know little seeds of fear come at me, that little thought comes at me. I just picture like I in fact, in fact, sometimes if I'm alone, <laughs> I literally lift my wrist like Wonder Woman, and it's like that's not true, and I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, or I am going to succeed. You know, I'm not going to be mm-hmm. defeated, you know, and I am going to step forward and, you know, take the next big step. So, you know, that's what I do. That's It's an automatic response, and, and uh, you know, the heart and the core of it is God's Word. My visual picture is Wonder Woman. I love that, and visuals are so helpful for me. I just love that. Uh, one of the things that I've learned to say in most most situations is talk to me about that from your perspective. So I just say whenever I'm facing fear, because there's actually, in my book, um, Feeling Loved, I go through, there's there's some real legitimate fears out there. It's not like every fear is a false evidence appearing real. Some fears are God-given to protect us from things. Yes. Um, and, and, and it's great. Okay, you hear a train coming and you're on the track. Good, get off. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, a no-brainer. <laughs> you want to get off the track. So, you know, you know, you have to have this godly perspective sometimes to determine, is this one of the fears that I face and that I speak to and that I rebuke, or is this one of the fears that I say, you know, duck, get out of the way. Right. Um, you right. know, and so I, I have this phrase that I speak if I'm not 100% sure about what kind of fear it is. I just say, talk to me about this from your perspective. And even once I do know what kind of fear it is, I often will use that same phrase, that same catchphrase, that same prayer again. Talk to me about this from your perspective because what I know for sure, and Jen, I know you've learned this too, is that God is all-powerful. He is absolutely in control. I remember one night laying down in bed, and this was a few years ago, and I said, I said, ah, it's all so out of control. Everything is out of control. <laughs> and right away in my spirit, I heard God say to me, what, Marnie? What is out of my control? And I thought, oh, right, right. It's just out of my control. Right. right. It's not out of control. I just need a different perspective. And right. I, I love that about walking with God. I do too. It's fun. It's a fun adventure. Yeah, it really is. And, and once you see it from his perspective, and oftentimes, I know for me, oftentimes he doesn't show me right in the moment when I ask, you know, talk to me about this from your perspective. He doesn't always just say right then and there what he's thinking. Um, sometimes I have to wait a while, and sometimes I you know, receive it through multiple different ways. Maybe a song I hear a week later or a sermon or, you know, a scripture that I read or in a book. And, and God, can, God can speak that to me at any time. But asking him for his perspective heightens my awareness of the reality mm-hmm. that he is God and he's got this no matter what it is. Right. And glad he yeah. is. 
Oh, I know. So, so grateful, aren't we? Well, we have one last step, and then uh, maybe after that I'd like you to just talk to us a little bit about uh, what's in your book, Fight Fear and Foster Faith. But you have a free, simple secret tool that disarms and fear, disarms fear and increases faith. Why don't you share that now? Well, you know, that is finding the humor in the hardship. And that may sound mm-hmm. counterproductive. It may sound uh, uh, untrue. But there really is humor in everything and and there's humor in the hardship as well and and uh and that laughter and humor is such a powerful weapon against fear uh, because it can diffuse or lessen our fear by redirecting our focus onto something more lighthearted and you know laughter lifts our spirit it lifts our mood and when we feel better uh you, you know when we laugh we feel better and when we feel better it's easier to have hope and it's easier to be positive so, you know, it may, again, it may sound really simple, but when we laugh and when we are taking in humor and focusing on humor, uh, then that, you know, that lifts our spirits and, it's, and it makes the situation less scary, less fearful. Absolutely. I love that. Um, my sister, when she was going through her cancer struggle, she watched the movie Last Holiday so many times. I don't know oh, how yeah. many times. Maybe countless. And uh, she loved the humor in there, how, how uh, uh, Greenland teaches she would talk to God in such a playful way, like, you're not really doing that to me, are you? And, you know, and where are you when I need you? And uh, yeah. she just tease around with God a lot in that, in that movie. Um, and Marla just loved that. I know for me, when I was, when I was uh, needing to learn how to add some humor to my life, I loved the book Anguished English, uh, which is just a book about how people use English improperly, and it's hysterically funny what actually comes out sometimes in newspapers, in uh, billboards, on, on in bulletins, all that kind of stuff. And I would laugh until I would cry. And, and I just needed to find a way to really make it practical for myself, something that I could access any time. For you, what was that? What's something that's helpful maybe in the learning curve, trying to add a little more humor to your life? What, what has been a couple things that have helped you, Jenna? Well, you know, a couple of things are to, uh, you know, we touched upon one of them, and that is, you know, to not be watching negative uh, movies and programs and so forth, uh, but watching uh, comedy, uh, movie or television, or for the people that are avid readers, reading lighthearted books like the one that you described that's going to bring them joy and uplift their mood, uh, and avoiding, you know, and avoiding the negative, you know, again. And then also, one of the things I really like is that, is that I would go, when I felt up to it, uh, physically, I'd go and hang out in a big toy store, because there's a lot of Fun, whimsical, lighthearted uh, things there, and I just, I just challenge anybody to go hang out in a toy store and go up and down the aisles and not end up chuckling and and giggling over, you know, some of the toys and some of the things that they find there. And sometimes, you, you know, we forget that inside we're 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 five years old, and the, and what delighted us back then oftentimes gives us a giggle now as a grown up. So. It may sound hmm. silly, but you know that's one of the things I did was that I, you know, I got the I got the Groucho Marx glasses or you know <laughs> the rubber the rubber chicken or something you know whatever it is that that really made me laugh or made me smile every time that I looked at it. Uh, another another trick is to go hang out in the greeting card section of the store. I love that and, idea. Yeah, and you know don't read the mushy, sappy, sad things, but uh, you know but read the funny cards. And 
and uh, you know, and I and I would spend time, you know, laughing out loud standing next to the card rack. So you know, all of those things help to, you know, help to add humor when there seemingly is no humor in the current situation. Absolutely. I actually have, we have in our retail store right up by the front counter, we have a whole card section and people stand over there and laugh. And it's one of my <laughs> most enjoyable things in the store is to just, you're not reading what they're reading, so you don't have any context for their giggles, but you hear them yeah. laughing uh, card after card. Uh, my husband for, um, for my for our anniversary or not anniversary Valentine's Day here, he gave me he gave me this cute little card. It's got two little cats sitting on a dual bicycle. You know, sharing a bicycle uh-huh. ride around uh-huh. obviously around Paris. You know, there's an Eiffel Tower in the back, and it says it says on the front, "I'll never forget the day." And then I'm going to open it up here, <laughs> and on the inside it says, love it. "I fell in love with you." The Eiffel Tower. So, you know, I mean, you can just go into a, a card shop and just start going through the cards, and they are so cute. They, I mean, they pay people a lot of money to be really funny. Um, yeah. So, Jana, Jana, we are at the end here. If somebody got your book, Fight Fear and Foster Faith, uh, what would they find in there? Well, you know, I've, Fight Fear and Foster Faith is encouragement wrapped in humor, and it includes many of the practical tips we talked about, but much more, 40 tips uh, that to knock out fear that can discourage you, mm-hmm. just diminish your faith, keep you from moving forward as you go through tough times or a hardship. And, you know, as we said earlier, no matter what the hardship, divorce, job loss, foreclosure, or in my case, illness, you know, fear can come with it and, and rob us of hope and keep us from having the courage for that next big step. Mm, that's great. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We've been visiting today with Jana Flagg. Her website is janaflagg.com, J-A-N-A-F-L-A-I-G.com. She is available to you as a speaker, as an inspirational humorist, and she's an author as well, the author of Fight Fear and Foster Faith. Jana, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Marnie. Okay, and everybody, we will be back next time with more great training for you. You can always find out what's coming up over at MarniesFriends.com. Until then, you have a wonderful day, a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. carry a few extra pounds around than you'd like? Are you sick to death of dieting or maybe sick of resisting the urge to diet because every time you try, you gain back more than you lost? Check out eatingwithgod.com. That's eatingwithgod.com. It's the easiest, most obvious, and most powerful non-dieting approach to weight management that you'll ever find. Starting today, you can enjoy every bite eating with God. Learn more at eatingwithgod.com.